0: Hey, it's BT with Tales from a Gemini, and my guest is Nate Jackson. Nate Jackson is a two-time wrestling All-American from Indiana University, and he was recently in the Final X against Jaden Cox in a 92-kilogram category. He came out of nowhere and forced a, a third match, one of the greatest in the world. And let me tell you something, this guy is an inspiration for people who wonder, am I good enough And and we talk about that. We talk about the mental aspects of wrestling, how the outside world prepares you for wrestling, and all that he went through. And I tell you, if you're not a wrestling fan, I think you're going to enjoy this talk. So, hear my talk with Nate Jackson. You ready, Mike? What? Thanks, buddy. Are you going to get the (laughs) camera (laughs) back? Yeah, man. I'm so excited for this. I might just skip the music. That's how excited I am. One. Two, three. Hey, it's BT with Tails from a Gemini. And man, you know, I love all my guests. I really do. But when there's a wrestler there, it's just, it it gives me a certain more energy. And today, this guy, I I feel a kinship with him in every way, and we'll get to it. But this guy, no one has a better, just scary-ass wrestler name than Nate Jackson. If, If somebody goes, hey, man, Nate Jackson's looking for you, you go, huh? I mean, you can't, get, you, you can't beat a better name than that, can you, why? Nate Jackson. Think about it. Hey, man, Nate Jackson. Who? Nate who? And then you're running. And this guy is. He's the pride of Marian Catholic from Chicago Heights, Illinois. This guy was a final ex-competitor. He took Jaden Cox to the best two out of three to a third match. This guy, I'm telling you, man. I just love his energy. I love what he brings to the table. And when I was talking to my dad, he goes, Who you got on the show? I said, I got I got this wrestler. He goes, Where's he from? I go, I gotta do my research. I'll, I'll find out later, Daddy. Finds out you went to IU and I'm in Indianapolis. Who, who, who's your you're in Indianapolis
1: right now? Okay. I'm in
0: Indianapolis right now. When I find out you went to IU, I go, are you serious? But we could have been bros. I could have came down there and helped you wrestle. I could have came, came down there and helped you, you know, get into shape. Cause I still got a little something, something left, you know?
1: <laughs> no, man, that sounds good. dude. That sounds good. You can still do it. You just got but, to drive to Jersey. N- n-
0: brother. I, I mean, I still got it. I mean, I mean, you ain't the only one that still got it. You know, I still got a little, I still got a little something, something left. I mean, I'm not going to, you know, get, get in your business like that. Cause it's all about you. Dad. It's all about you right <laughs> now. It's all about you. But Nate, let me tell you something, man. I, I love everything you've done as far as the mental game, because you know, we'll get into, uh, you know, the matches and everything, but how you, you know, at one time were almost out of the sport. And then what you had to go through, people don't realize that mental you had to go through. But getting to that, to me, I think your biggest accomplishment to me was that you beat Bo Nickel. And I always thought Bo Nickel was one of the best. I, I really do. And then I was doing my, I go, oh, my God, not, this guy beat Bo Nickel. Was that, Would you consider that one of your b- biggest, in, biggest accomplishment in uh, NCAA wrestling?
1: um in NCA wrestling for sure um bo's bo did everything he was a what, three-time national champ a four-time finalist um prolific scorer pinner winner um he puts a little flair on the sport like i mean he did everything within the sport so to have a win over him NCA wise it's uh it's kind of cool like doing little camps and stuff and people are like you beat who and now he's uh transitioning to mma and he's knocking dudes out so As long as he continues to build his legacy, my legacy will continue to grow. So (laughs) it's a cool thing.
0: (laughs) But what made him so tough? I mean, from the outside looking in, I could tell, but he had great length. But you have great length also. So do you think that helped you in your victory over him?
1: For sure. I think Bo has a style where um, he's wide open and he's fearless, right? So in order to get people in the positions where you can pin them and, and, um, you know, doing some of those throws and whatnot, you got to have a mental game that's pretty sharp and uh, you got to trust yourself. So one big thing that uh, it's, it's almost delusional for me, like I got delusional confidence. So uh, I had to lose nine pounds that morning before I wrestled him. Uh, really tough cut weight cut. Um, but I, I was ready for him and I thought I would beat him. I thought I'd present some challenges because of my length and I was prepared for some of his throws and whatnot. And then uh, just be, been, being tough and and came out on top. So, it was right after he had become the number one ranked wrestler in the country, too. It was like his first week becoming the number one in the country and, and whatnot. So it was good, man. It was a cool moment. It was really cool to do that, you know, not too far from you in Bloomington. So uh, right in front of my, the home crowd.
0: Now, did now that help you? Mentally, because I mean, I don't know at the time, and I apologize because when you came up on the scene just recently, I was like, I always peek in at wrestling and see what's going on. And, you know, okay, you know, the final Lexus is going on. And then I go, who's this Nate Jackson dude? And I, you know, I apologize. I was like, because I thought I knew everything about wrestling. You know, I knew, I knew, I knew Burroughs, I knew, you know, Jaden, I knew other, some of the other guys. And I go, who's this Nate Jackson dude? And I was pulling for you because to me, you're an underdog. So in a sense, did you consider yourself an underdog when you wrestle Bo? Did you, I mean, even though he went, it was ranked number one, did you have a little chip on your shoulder like, hey, I'm actually pretty good too?
1: Yeah, I, I carry that chip. It's been there for a while. So going into the, the Jaden Cox match, you know, obviously Jaden is a legend in our sport. Um, within USA Wrestling, he's done everything. He's a world champ. He's, uh, he brought home multiple Olympic, uh, Olympic medals. So uh, he's a man. He's a man. And what he's done in the sport, for me, it's like, hey, I want to do those things. Um, I want to create. Um, some of the opportunity that comes with that exposure and with those, you know, accomplishments. Mm-hmm. And then Bo, it's more of the same, you know, um, he was a highly touted recruit. Uh, he was on fire, man. He was, he was packing dudes who were you know, top five in the country, which is crazy. Um, and for me again, like it can sound a little delusional, but um, going into those matches. I don't think you win those unless you think that you're going to win. Um, yeah. So for me, like I, I know my ability and where I was, um, I look back at some of those matches um, in college and I sucked at wrestling, so it's, it's good that I was able to
0: kind of shake out a good career out of it,
1: but um, I'm a lot better at wrestling now. Um, and You know, you talk about two out of three with Jade, and it's like we're right there. Um, I feel like if we had a fourth match, I would have made the necessary adjustments. He made great adjustments in the third match. Um, but at the same time, it's like you know, you got to perform that day, and I just need to get a lot better. Um, I've been growing a lot in the last couple of years, so just uh, continue to, to elevate my level, take another step up, and then I don't have to have the best day to, to beat a Jaden Cox. And that'll put me in a good place because I, I truly believe, and I told him this right after the match, um, hey, you're going to be a world champ. Like, you beat me, you're going to be a world champ this year. Let's go do it. You know, go do it. So, yeah, man, um, I, my goals are pretty lofty, but, you know, I think I'm right there. I think people see now, they're like, okay, this dude is, is literally right there nobody's going to be surprised when i do what i what i plan on doing so i'm excited
0: well you know you mentioned the word growth and you literally grew in wrestling because you're one of the few and people don't realize when we're talking about division one wrestlers don't let this smile and everything fool you man they're animals i mean i i wasn't i was telling my producer why i said i i wrestled in junior college and i remember and i told him i said when you wrestle those guys who are assistant coaches you go to these open tournaments and they wrestle unattached now i didn't know what unattached was but i went to an open tournament and those are the guys that take the whistle off and they go I'll be right back, and they go out, and they put a whooping on you, and I didn't realize that until I wrestled junior college, and I was like, wow, what just happened, and so, I mean, if you're not, if you don't know what wrestling is, in Division I wrestling, these are the animals, these are the, these are the monsters, don't let the smile fool you, he's a nice guy, I'm sure, when you meet him on his, but he is a monster, so when when you, and you stay in a certain weight class, because if I pounds makes all the difference and you literally you're only one of i think the sixth wrestler in iu history that we can become an all-american in two different weight classes and you grew and there's a mentality to that now tell us tell me about that
1: yeah so i, I was growing a lot so believe it or not i was like one of the shortest guys in my class um, going into high school so uh i i was like what five foot two or something that i wrestled uh, tried to wrestle 103, wrestle 112 my freshman year um, in high five school. Two? you were five two? I was a little dude, man. I was little my whole life. My dad uh, hit a late, late growth spurt, um, and he was like, "Hey, man, son, son, you're gonna, you're gonna be, you're gonna be tall. You know, don't worry about it. You're gonna be good." He's like a six foot tall man, but he was really short. Um, and all of my my siblings were all pretty tall. Uh, we all hit late growth spurts. My uh, <laughs> by, by younger brothers, so you know he was right. So I went from 112 to 140. Um, to 152 to 170 um, in a really short period of time. So um, that was over my my high school career. Um, obviously, going from five two to almost six feet, and I continued to grow while I was in, in college. So right now I'm six three. Um, I hope I'm not growing still because I don't really need that anymore. But uh, uh, it's, it's it's pretty surreal, you know. And you think about um, the mental game of being that small guy. Um, You know, even being a smaller guy in a wrestling room, you got to be a little bit more scrappy.
0: Right.
1: Um, Some of those things translate well um, in just, you know, wrestling bigger opponents. You know, I I wrestled Kyle Snyder last year. I wrestled Jaden when I was a lot smaller last year. Um, You know, having the confidence to go up and then just kind of trust yourself. So, you know, wrestling is wrestling. And, and you you know, you're talking about wild animals. Uh, There's no weight classes in the wild. So uh, figure out how to wrestle better and then, you know, perform.
0: Oh, I like that. There's no weight classes in the wild. Oh, that's a good one. That is a good one. It really is. I mean, I like that one. There's no weight classes in the wild. I'm going to use that one, brother. I mean, I like that. But it's so true. I mean, you went from five to basically, you went from Muggsy Bogues to a power forward, basically, is what you went to. And and right. that's and that's true. So, like, the good thing about it was you were able to eat, right? I mean, you got a chance to eat. But yes. You, but you also learned... You know, like when you're smaller in basketball, okay, you can handle the rock. Even though you got taller, you can handle the rock. So when it comes to wrestling, did it help you become, I mean, maybe a little bit quicker, you can maybe, you know, work the moves like a smaller man, like, like your singles and your doubles. By the way, we talk about Jordan Burroughs having a great double. My God, you've got a great double. But you don't call yours uh, a power. What do you call yours? It's a different word you call yours.
1: Uh, so the fans, just from, uh, from popular choice, they call it the cram. Cram double. Why is that? Why is that? Uh, so actually, I, I was in Minsk, Belarus, and uh, it's this guy. His name is Tony Baker. You may have heard of him. He's pretty funny. He does voiceovers for uh, these different animals, right? Yes. So he'll do voiceover. He's hilarious.
0: Yeah, he's a friend of mine. Uh, yeah, I know Tony.
1: Okay, yeah. He's like I, I follow him on Instagram. Me and me and my coach Reese Humphrey are watching videos the entire weekend, and I was having a great weekend. Um, I end up winning the Medved, which is an international competition in, in Minsk, Belarus um, wrestled maybe three Russians in the tournament. It was, it's pretty cool, man. But I was, my double leg was really popping. Um, and we were like going through the videos and like editing the videos and we, we made, uh, I made some uh, edits and voiceover just like cram, like as I was hitting the guy and it swept through the wrestling community so fast. And, uh, you know, I think one thing that I kind of bring to the sport, which is a little bit different, like I'm, I'm going to be myself all the time, no matter where I am, I'm comfortable in my skin and I try to have fun with, with my experiences, you know what I mean? So I think that's one thing that wrestling kind of lacks. Um, there's nobody who has any flair. There's nobody, like some of the things that make us great, discipline, um, hard nose, tough, uh, blue collar, work ethic, uh, et cetera, et cetera. There's some of the things that hold us back as well. And I think um, our sport is like a primal sport. Like it's very easy to follow. You know, who's winning, you know, who's losing, you know, who's tough, you know, if it's a fight, you know, if it's a scrap, you know, when it's close, uh, from a from a casual fan. Um, so for us, you know, we got to market ourselves a little bit more creatively. Yes. Um, I think uh, people a little bit further outside the wrestling community, um, once they get in and and start to see some of the potential there uh, with just marketability and, and the business, um, I think that's when our sport's really going to take off. Um, some of the guys, you know, you see NIL deals and whatnot. Some of the guys are starting to figure that out um and they're starting to make money while they're in college which is which is really cool and I coulda use that I coulda used that, <laughs> <could've> used that. <laughs> like oh man you guys are NILs now
0: yes I know trust me I know man it's like but you know what but you're getting the tail end of it which is great, but if you, I know if you were just a, you're a little bit before your time, unfortunately, you know what I mean. But at the same sure. time, and you mentioned that, and that's what drew me. That's another thing that drew me to you because I said, "Who's this Nate Jackson guy?" And I saw you only have like five posts on your Instagram, but they're all just real, the my favorite ones. are when one you're in the glasses and you're on the mat, and I'm like, I like this dude. And it's so true because, and I think to me personally, one of the guys who is helping you guys get to that point is Gable Stevenson. He sure. has a little flair. He's a big man. He can do a summer. He can do a backflip, and he's a little nasty when you get on the mat, and that's what you need, you know? I mean, like I said, when it comes to the primal sports, man, that's one where even in this politically correct society where everybody's getting canceled, whatever, hey, man, when it comes down to it, when you, go, you guys are in the jungle and you're animals, and like you said, there's no weight class for animals, and the animals got to do what they got to do. Like, like they always say. Big dog gotta eat. So, and the fact that you have a little flair to it, and you do have a little flair. I mean, like I said, it's not cocky, it's not whatever, but it's kind of it's funny, and I like it. It's like a little like shh, I, I love that. And that's what that's when I posted that shh, dude, I love it. You are honestly, I think you are a gold mine right now. And and I was gonna get to this later, but I had to because you mentioned the med. Bed. Mention the fight you got in at the med, bed, the scrap you got in, the gold medal match.
1: Yeah, so I wrestled this guy, Javril Shapiev. He had been to multiple world championships uh, representing is it not <sighs> Uzbekistan, actually. Okay. And he was, uh, you know, uh, top five in the world when I wrestled him. And, man, we were fighting, dude. Like, I hit him with a double right off the, right off the rip. It was like, bro, did you not watch the matches before? <laughs> it was like maybe a couple seconds into the match, rep blows a whistle. I, I pop him with a double, hit him, take him down. He's like, all right. Uh, he's clubbing me. He's swatting me. Um, and I think That was a huge mental shift for me. Like when he gets scrappy, when he gets physical, when I get scored on, um, when things aren't working, um, some of those matches I tended to lose um, in the past. And that was like the first time that I was in a dog fight, um, and I ended up winning seven four. um, And I just had to get tough. And you know that was really cool. Um, Then we were able to have a really good time uh, out in Minsk that night. It's pretty crazy that Minsk is in the situation it is now, um, just with all the political turmoil and whatnot, because. We were right in that, you know, hanging out with the, with the, the commoners and the town folk and, and just having a good time uh, following that match. But man, that was a really cool and pivotal moment in my career. So it's cool. Thank you. Thank you for bringing that up.
0: N- that, d- d- did you guys end up patching up? Did you guys end up going out later on that night and go, hey, my friend, sorry about you hitting me? The- I mean, did you guys get together? Or you guys still kind of like, eh, I remember that
1: yeah no dude we we uh so I seen him at world championships because that year I actually went as a training partner I didn't make the team mm-hmm. but I went at a, as a training partner I saw him and we kind of like caught back up uh, he follows me on the Instagram and you know it's 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 cool um because I won you know I don't know how I would feel if uh <laughs> if I would have lost I may not be following him <laughs> and hanging out with him as much but um uh, man these guys are all the same like I lost the competition in the semifinals it's actually a Bracket that me and Jaden were a part of at Poland last year. Um, I took bronze. Jaden, I think he got sick or something, so he actually couldn't finish. The guy who won, uh, this Poland guy's name is uh, is Zabigniew Baranowski. Uh, You know, he's a really good friend of mine now. He actually came this year, and we trained for maybe like four months um, in Jersey. And he's one of the biggest reasons that I was able to jump levels just because of his shot defense, right? So his shot defense is really good. I lost a 7-6 match to him there. Um, it's a big nip if you're watching, uh, you know, I've been kicking your ass for the last four months. You know what I mean? So you got me. You got me ready. You got me right. No, I'm kidding. No, but he's, he's the best. He's going to be uh, He's 97 kilos. So he'll be at world championships um, after their qualifier or whatnot. Um, but but he's the man. And that's a big reason why I got better. So just networking with those international competitors, you know, um, sometimes it makes sense to, to make a friend out there uh, because you never know what you'll need.
0: Well, I like to say iron sharpens iron, man. And that, and I think that's the beauty of of the primal sport, the beauty of primal sports is you're going, you know, let's just say me and you scrapped, right? I mean, we would go at it, throw an elbow, whatever. You know what I mean? But when it's over, it's like, hey, man, you are hungry? Let's go get some. And people don't understand, unless you're in it, you don't understand it. And I think that's the beauty of the sport. I mean, we talk about gentleman sports like baseball, whatever, but when baseball's over in the World Series, they don't shake hands like wrestlers do. I mean, you know, you're going at it. You're trying to, you're trying to annihilate somebody. But once that whistle blows, for the most part, For the most part, it's over. I mean, I've seen those old film clips (laughs) of them Russians. And man, sometimes when it's over, it ain't exactly over. (laughs) (sighs) No, are they as dirty as, as they say they are on, on the mat now? Are they as dirty as they say? And what? What is it that they're doing dirty that we don't see? Because I've watched matches, and I, I see the obvious, the clubs, the obvious clubs, one Cuban club, what's his name, and he came back and whooped his uh-huh. head. Uh-huh. I thought that was beautiful. But what is it they do that's just dirty that, that I don't see? Because, I mean, I remember Burroughs mentioned it also.
1: So I think it's interesting. Like, that's a good question. Um, for me, I have a lot of success against Russians. I've wrestled four, and I've lost one. Uh-huh. Um, so in the one I lost, I was – killing the dude and then kind of got caught up in a throat. Um, that was actually in Vladi Russia, which is, uh, in the Caucasus mountains. It's kind of crazy. Cool, cool little spot. Um, but from my understanding, they're just like everybody else, man. Like, uh, they're competitors. They compete. I think Jordan probably had a unique experience because he had beaten all their best guys. A lot of those guys are successful. So you yeah. see a Russian in the bracket, like they're doing pretty well unless there's a bunch of Russians in the bracket. So, um, being successful, like, you know, you have a standard that you try to upkeep, uh, but you're a competitor, man. It's like fiery competition. Um, You know, obviously you think about doping scandals and things like that. There's some bad blood between um, public opinion and Russia. So they have a lot of pride. And when they they go out there, they they expect to win um, and they hold themselves to a high standard. So you can, you can definitely anticipate a scrap. Um, But I think, you know, you think about some of our best competitors, right. You think about, Uh, Brett Metcalf. You think about Frank Molinaro. You think about um, you know like these guys are chippy guys. You know what I mean? Like they're on edge. Me, dude, if you smack me and during a match, yo, I'm hitting you back hard. Me and Jaden, we got so physical. Like, dude, me and Jaden. When I tell you, me and Jaden are boys. Like, be I I might call Jaden in a couple minutes. You know, like me and Jaden are boys. Yeah. Um, But if you watch the match, you know afterward, you know eyes are swollen. We're hitting each other, man, because our sport demands that, you know, it demands that that type of attention if we want to be at the highest level of it.
0: So for me, it's like, yo,
1: you want to take this from me? Or am I trying to take this from you? You know, all right, match my intensity, match my intensity, match my intensity. Um, so, um, I can respect it a lot. Um, when, when you, when you think about JB, you think about guys poking him in the eyes, you think about a lot of stuff that gets that that actually can be stopped with, uh, you know, referee intervention a little bit. Um, And I think that's where some of that bad blood comes in. I think about JB and his career and what he's done um, just legacy wise. And then you think about the doping scandal for him. It hits a lot different because you talk about multiple more championships um, had some of those competitors not been allowed to compete. Um, So he has a whole different type of focus because, He's trying to do this, um, but as a competitor and as a, a straight up athlete, man, those dudes are no different than anybody else. Um, they just wear a different flag.
0: Now, it, I was, I was going to get this later, but you mentioned it. And it's a doping scandal. Now, here's the thing. And I know it, this hits you differently because I, I remember here watching, um, uh, uh, Canelo and Canelo one time, he, he said, uh, he got busted for, for uh, performance enhancing drugs. He goes, Hey, man, I got, I got some tainted meat. And everybody, it's unaware. It was like, yeah, whatever. And, but actually that happened to you. And I, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. It was, it was at the Pan Am's in Guatemala. Am I not, am I not right? Oh, you got it. Okay, yeah. Now, they said that you had, uh, they said, well, I guess, uh, you tell the story. It's your story. But, and which I think was messed up. But also, did it help you become uh, maybe a plant-based athlete? Uh, you know, I'm done with meat now.
1: Uh, so, believe it or not, I was actually a vegan for a couple years um, in my youth. And I was a vegetarian from, like, the third grade to college. Okay. So. Uh, we changed our diet just because my parents thought that that was better for them and we eat what they cook. So uh, dieting and, and just getting nutrition from food is something that's commonplace for me. Um, I grew up kind of, you know, knowing the things I need. I, I'm not taking uh pro weight protein. I'm not really taking any supplements. I don't have a daily vitamin, things like that. I, I stay away from. Um, so when I get a call from Bill Zadig, um and he said, Hey, like this is going on, this happened. Uh, you, you have an atypical finding, blah, 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 I instantly turned to like, okay, whose water bottle did I drink of? Who's whatever, like I'm looking for the source. Um, and when I weeded that out um, and then I learned that other athletes uh, at the event had tested positive for other substances, um, I knew right away that there was something going on in that area. Um, so for me, it should have been an opening shut case um, and there were some hurdles to jump over. Um, so I was notified in December And I competed in May, Um, so it didn't make any sense for me to be notified six months after uh, my my competition. It it should have been a couple of weeks. So for me, that uh, and I'm still in this place because I don't have an answer. You know, when I'm when I'm standing before when at my hearing, I'm standing before uh, basically an arbiter. Uh, I'm like, hey, like this is one big question I still have. Um, What happened in between notifying me here versus here? Because I would have had a lot more time to. Get this resolved, I would have, you know, I'm missing out on opportunities to make money, missing out on opportunities to compete, uh, miss Bill Farrell, miss US Open to defend my US Open title, um, and miss opportunities to qualify for World Team Trials. So I actually have to go to last chance. Um, but in the meantime, like, we're going back and forth uh, with uh, USADA and the ITA, uh, sending them information, trying to send documents like, hey, these are all the places I ate. This is where I went to at the hotel, blah, blah, blah. Um, And just waiting for them to say, okay, all good, because we have this amount of people in there. Uh, We never got to that point. And once we got past the U.S. Open, other athletes that were in a similar situation to me, they were cleared. And I wasn't. So I was the only guy who wasn't. And for me, that hit me different. I feel like I wasn't protected by USA Wrestling, honestly. Um, I feel like I was kind of out there and I, I got jaded about it. Um, but also in that process, you know, it's a waiting game. Like, Hey, if I can't compete and the penalty for this, for being, uh, you know, charged with this infraction is being off for four years. Um, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a married man. I got four kids. Um, they depend on me and there's no way in hell that I'm going to take four years off of something that, uh, puts, puts bread on the table. You know what I mean? So I started looking, Outside of the sport, I started looking within the sport in different areas, but also that stain from being a person that was found guilty of testing positive of some performance enhancing drug. That wouldn't look good. Like, hey, Coach Jackson, do you think I should? No, man, like I know because I have kids and you're entrusting some some adult with your kids and mentorship and all this stuff. And also I'm a person of integrity. So it just kind of diminished uh, my relationship with the sport greatly, man. Like I was I was on the way out. Uh, What brought me back? um was I had a really good really good team around me. Toboso, who is the USA wrestling team leader um, for this cycle. Um, and then I have two really good lawyers that had some experience in this area, but there had never been a test of Boldenone that was overturned in the history of athletics. Wow So so I was like, yeah, uh, <laughs> this is not gonna happen for me and uh, I was getting ducks in order to move on. Um, I had my hearing. Uh, the week of last chance qualifier, right? So the Monday wow. before the Friday, I had my meeting. After my meeting, uh, they say, hey, we won't have an answer until Thursday. Thursday comes and goes. I had no answer. I got an answer uh, the day of my competition. Or no, the day before, the night before my competition. So I literally slept in my own bed. Thankfully, last chance qualifier was in Atlantic City, New Jersey, So it was about a two hour drive. I woke up, drove, and then was completely out of it. Like mentally, I was like, Hey, hopefully wrestling is like riding a bike. (laughs) Um, I had a a cool experience. I I, I took care of business, got qualified for world team trials um, and then was dialed in at world team trials. And it was, it was good. Um, But in my mind right now, even it's like, Hey, what, what happened exactly? Because we have athletes and I'm not going to say anybody and Um, you know, we had athletes that competed at world championships and in the Olympic games, and they had findings that were on the radar too, and they weren't notified until after they competed. So I'm like, bro, like (laughs) I would have liked to get my money first and then, then get notified. You know, everybody, we can have it our own way and I can pick and choose the time that I get to, uh, be notified and and start my provisionary suspension. I would have picked a different time. (laughs) <laughs> but, uh, yeah. yeah, man, it's still some questions there. And uh, for me, you know, I'm, I'm happy that I'm the representative because I know myself. Um, I don't uh, do anything that's, uh, you know, in any violation or anything within our, within our sport. Um, I'm a person of high character. And there's a lot of people who look up to me. So I can speak to it and speak candidly about it. But it's made me question, you know, other individuals that have tested positive in the past for different substances because it really is easy. Well, that's what I was
0: going to ask you is that, you know, because like I said, you know, when I first looked at, you know, Canelo said, I said, meat, really, bro? And then, you know, I see your case, and did you think the same thing also? Like, sometimes you would, like, I mean, although you're in, you're actually in in the sport. Like, when somebody else would test positive, say, Canelo, that's that's a great case because it's kind of similar to yours. He said it was meat. And so did you ever go, like, yeah, man, whatever, and now that it's happened to you, it makes you question, like, wow, what, you know, what's going on out there? And also... There had, there had to be a sense of frustration like you said like USA you gotta feel like they abandon you a little bit and you know they're kind of shuffling their feet you I, I want to go wrestle this is my livelihood you're shuffling your feet, I'm losing money, I'm training, but I don't know I mean the mental behind all that and the fact that you still went out there and took care of business that shows your mental fortitude man
1: yeah man it's uh it's a it's a weird thing man like our sport prepares us for a lot and yes. It prepares us for uh, persevering and just enduring some some situations that aren't really great and that most people would run out of. Um, and I have to admit, like, there were times where I wanted to run out of stuff, you know, and it affected not only like me on the mat and my training. Right. Because it's hard to stay motivated if you don't think you're going. And yes. I'm a person. I'm a, I'm a logical guy. I'm like, yo, like this hasn't happened before. I looked up all the cases. This hey guys, this is not happening. Yeah. Um, so for my coach, he had to be creative and just keeping me motivated. Um, but it also affected me off the mat. You know, I got relationships with my, my wife, my kids. Um, and for that to be taken away is such an important thing in my life And you you forget about it in that sense. Um, and it's taken away and it affected me and it affected them. Um, and then you still got life and you still got responsibilities. and You still got work. And you still, you know, I'm a, I'm a guy who wears a lot of different hats. So um, I can't afford to not be 100 percent. And I wasn't 100 percent for a long time. So. Yeah, man. Um, I, I really credit the sport for preparing me for something like that. I think that if someone else had been in that situation, they may have caved. They may have not uh, did as much as I did to make sure that I was vindicated. And they would have just took the whatever, the suspension, and then, you know, maybe rode off to the sunset as a retired wrestler. Um, so I'm happy to be the torchbearer for that because now somebody will have Nate Jackson to look at it and say, oh, well, in this case, this happened. Um, you know, now the ITA is investigating Guatemala um, and their practices. I mean, I had a burger, man. It was a half a pound burger uh, that was probably contaminated. And also it had a piece of Guatemalan ham on it that was also probably contaminated. So it's it's um, it's a lot, man. It's, it's a lot of things out there to kind of snare us. But, you know, if you have a good foundation, which I think what wrestling is, you know you could be prepared for it.
0: You should have stayed plant based. You don't get that from a salad, there, Nate. You should have stayed plant based, Nate. I don't want to sound like your daddy, but I'm being your daddy right now, Nate.
1: You should have stayed plant based, boy. That's what you should have done. Right, man. Hey, hook me up, man. I'm I'm down to try anything. I, I'm actually tired of this meat thing. It's it's hard, you know. But yeah, go ahead. <laughs>
0: No, no, no. It, it's your time, Nate. But honestly, what I do is, I, I'm where you're at now. I'm vegetarian, borderline vegan, which is kind of like being a born-again Christian because you only go to school, but you only go to church on Easter Sunday. I'm kind of like that. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm definitely vegetarian. I'm strict vegetarian. But but it, when I can go vegan, I do. But, like, I won't freak out if you put feta on my on my stuff. Like, is that cheese? You know, I, I, don't, I don't mind. I, I don't freak out that much. But, yeah, so, honestly, what I want to know is, like, and and, and this is, I, I don't like to go negative because when you you're a wrestler, you're a competitive athlete and you're in it. You know, it's all about positive and, and And I love what you talk, talk about, the, you know, the mental mindset. We'll get there later. But did you think like, okay, if it didn't work, where would you go? If, if they go, hey, you can't rest for four more years, what would you have done? I mean, where, where would Nate and his family be now? What would you be doing?
1: Yeah, so I'm, I'm pretty blessed, man. Like, I'm blessed to have struggled through things before. Mm-hmm. Um, so, again, like, I started having kids – very early, my wife and I.
0: What time? So, I mean, how, how were you? How were you?
1: So I was, so she was 16 and pregnant. Uh, oh we God. were both 17. Oh man. And, God, uh, you know, it's a lot of questions. Like you talk about where are you going? It's yeah. like, uh, it's a lot of faith. You know, you talk about um, just kind of staying solid, trying to stay solid and just enduring. Um, but going through college, you know, we actually made a choice to have my daughter right after we had our son. So. Uh, we had our son. Our daughter came 18 months later. We were in college. Um, it must have mean things were going at least some some, some, some sort of okay. Um, but, you know, it, it took a lot, of, a lot of work, man. My dad is a barber. He owns a barber shop. So uh, I didn't enroll in the uh, fall semester like most athletes. I enrolled in the spring semester because I got my son was born and I got my barber's license at home in Chicago. And then once I went to school, I was by myself. My wife actually had to finish high school. So she had to finish high school. Um, I was in Bloomington for four months. I seen my son every time every weekend. I went up to try to cut hair at the barbershop shop to make a little bit of extra money. My parents did most of the heavy lifting, um, and then we got to campus. You know, you think about uh, I was a full scholarship athlete or full scholarship athlete, fully packaged athlete.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and I thought that hey, we were going to be okay. We're going to be have housing taken care of and. We had a culture shock you know uh it was a lot more to it so we spent a couple months in hope in a hotel i had to drop all my classes do like crazy stuff so like one day i'm going to tell this story all the way through and it'll be something for somebody um, i haven't figured out exactly how to piece it together but i know that because of those experiences i can do anything and because of those experiences and those unique circumstances that come with being in my position i wanted to get into in front of kids and I wanted to be a mentor. So I started, um, me and some other prominent wrestlers started this organization called Black Wrestling Association. And it's meant to be a big brother, big sister, um, really create insulation for black wrestlers and anybody who identifies with black wrestlers and the, the differences in their experience, especially at the collegiate level, but even at the the lower level, you know, mm-hmm. just to to remain within the sport. Um, and you know, I was thinking, okay, well, you know, we, we're, we're doing this. It's running. It's been going for two years. I could transition into a full-time position there. Um, I was thinking, Hey man, like my dad still has that barbershop and I still got this barbers (laughs) license. I can do that there with some support. Um, Yeah, I was thinking like, Hey, you know, coaching opportunities and whatnot. What would that look like with this, this case kind of pending and whatnot. But um, it was a lot of negotiation, man. It was a lot of uh, trying to think outside the box and figure it all out. But, I'm really happy to not have to go down any road. Um, I can continue down the path that, my, that I'm on um, and continue to just make gains and grow where I am while I'm still doing the things that I care about. I'm still part of BWA, uh, still networking with, with different colleges and, and, and trying to connect, and, you know, so it's, it's cool.
0: Well, you know, I was, I'm glad you mentioned that because I was going to, uh, I was going to talk about that because, I mean, I'm an, I am don't play devil's advocate here because I know that I think Burroughs got a little blowback because, I mean, on, on the opposite end from other people who say, hey, why do you need a black wrestling coaches association? I mean, blah, 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 blah. So if somebody asks you that and they're playing devil's advocate, like, I don't understand why you need a black, man I mean, because wrestling's inclusive, so why you need a black coaches wrestling, blah, 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 What would you say to that?
1: Yeah, so I think that the biggest blowback we get is like, what if I started a white wrestling association? Exactly. And my response, my response to that is, if you think that white wrestlers aren't supported within the sport, and you have evidence, um, if you have data that can back that up, I would be an advocate for that because I think that everybody should be included in the sport. Um, the, the The thing is, we have data, um, we have evidence as to why and where the kids are falling off, um, where they're not supported. Um, I lived it. A lot of a lot of the guys in here in this in the organization was founded the organization we lived that experience my coach was a great coach uh, a great man and he helped me in a lot of different ways but the challenges that i had were foreign to him he couldn't understand the challenges that i had so he couldn't be there as, to support me
0: as in like what kind of challenges as in
1: i mean financial challenges the some of the things where um hey like I don't know how to fill out this type of, uh, let's say, uh, this clearinghouse or something like that so I can release my funds so I can live. Because most of the kids who go there, they have that background. And my and my, my parents went to college, but they went to local community colleges and didn't live on campus. Yeah. It's a completely different um, culture. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, last night I was actually at this benefit f- uh, for HBCUW. Um, it was actually in New York, in Manhattan, and uh, one of a, a mentor of mine, Kerry McCoy, was talking about just different different uh, people that he's come in contact with, like Nate Parker, uh, a guy I know, Akil Patterson, uh, Jahi Jones, who's the executive director of HBCOW, um and their different experiences. And, you know, Kerry McCoy, you know, he had a, a guy living with him at one point uh, because if that's what he, the kid needed to to get right and be able to – uh, stay in school and write the ship uh, and have that guidance, you know, that's what he was doing. Um, and it's because of, you know, kind of some of the things in his background that, uh, you know, were barriers to, to, you know, just achieving that excellence. So again, it, I think a lot of it is experience and um, you know, for the people who I think the word Sam black wrestling association, if we would have called it something different, if we would have called it, I don't know, beat the streets or something like that. <laughs> Uh, people will receive it a lot different. Yes, But I think the need is specific. You know, I think the need is specific. We always talk about getting people out of this situation, getting people out of the hood, getting people out of the ghetto, getting people whatever, getting people educated, all this stuff. As if we need to take someone and put them somewhere in order to give them something. What happens is there's individuals like me, mm-hmm. yourself, uh, Carrie, whatever. We're actually broken apart from the community that needs development. So what BWA is actually trying to do is trying to create development within the areas that need development. So then we don't have to ask anybody for anything. We don't have to be swept away and we don't have to get out of the hood, but the hood can become America like everywhere else. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, and, and we can have some of those opportunities and resource sharing. So it's a lot of things that we've um, kind of start to break ground on specifically. Um, but just generally um, it's something that everybody can play a part in. Um, you know, we got all these different, Uh, celebrations for 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 inclusivity and things like that it's like you know where are you on that line and and it makes people ask a question and if it's not important to you you know you don't you can just ask a stupid question and then walk away which you were going to do anyways you know you weren't going to be in anyways right Um, and that's not who we're targeting so it's not it's not too much of a, a barrier for us.
0: Man, that's, I mean, I'm so glad you explained it. And I'm, I, am because I, yeah, I saw what Burroughs went through. Somebody asked him online, you know, one of the comments on Instagram. And I was like, really? And I, which I knew was coming. And I'm so glad once you say black, sometimes people, they automatically like, like, oh my God. Yeah. Why, why you gotta be like that? I mean, it's different. It's like, listen, we're not, and beside that, I think what's great is it's gonna bring wrestling programs to HBCUs, which I think is great. You know, I think when I was young watching NCAA's on TV, I think it was Morgan State, one of those schools, and they had a a wrestling team. And I I just loved the sport so much; I wanted to be everywhere. I mean, if it was up to me, I I, I wish the SEC would bring in wrestling. You know, I mean, because think about. I I always say this. I I mean, Alabama alone, if what you do is wherever they go, wherever there's a a SEC football game, the Friday night before, have the wrestlers from that school wrestle each other. Maybe on the football field. It's in the South, so it's going to be warm. I mean, that's how you could grow the sport. Wrestling in a stadium outside because it's the South that's going to be warm. I mean, you could, it, it, wrestling's easy. You got two vans and there there you go. And you can bring your own shoes. I mean, the, the sport is cheap.
1: Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's literally no barrier there. Um, it's just a, uh, for for me at least, you know, like I grew up in a wrestling club. It's called the Harvey Twisters. Um, yes, with the they, Tony. They like Joe Williams. They, I mean, it's yes. so, many, so many guys have come there, so many great mentors and great friends that I have. But dude, where I was in that wrestling room, when I tell you that there was at least 20 kids better than me in that room... Uh, every day you know what i mean like and those kids are not problem kids. like those kids are smart those kids are whatever why why is that kid not staying wrestling Why what what took them out of wrestling especially in high school what took them out of, why what made them not pursue uh wrestling at the end of their middle school like it's because it's just not marketed to, to us either so the more of us that get into it um and we see the value in it i mean yeah. parents it makes a lot of sense you know you talk about scholarship money and things like that it's like hey these are the options. And it's not that hard, man. It's, a, it's an organized fight. Um, so yes. and, you know, it's, it's a it's a mental challenge. And where's your ego aligned? Because if you have an ego, first of all, you're going to come in there. You're going to get humbled, right? You're oh going to get God, humbled, yes. and then you're going to have to make a decision to learn. Um, and if you make a decision to start learning, then you can fall in love with learning. And I think that's why I'm still wrestling now, just because the, the sport is so fresh. I'm 27 years old. I don't have to continue to wrestle. I, I did my college career, you know what I mean? But I love it, man. And I'm having a lot of fun with it. And I can continue to learn and build. And as long as I can do that, I'll be doing it. I mean, why is JB still wrestling, man? He's done everything in the sport. He loves it. Um, you watch him in a wrestling room. Um, me and him, were in a wrestling room at Penn. And, you know, he's picking my brain on things. And he's constantly learning from everybody around him. That's one thing I tell my kids, like, when I go to a camp. Um, you know, look at your coach. You know, your coach is telling you some things that, can help you because they've worked at some level, no matter who you are talking to. Uh, we we kind of look, it's like, Oh no, this is Bo Nick. Like I'm listening to everything he says, coach, forget about you now. Yeah. Uh, you'd be a sponge, man. Take all that stuff in because you never know what's going to click.
0: You all, even, I always say, even if you watch the crappiest movie ever, there's always a line or something you go, Oh my, I mean, I've learned, I mean, I, even songs. There's, I mean, I think some of the greatest songs that have lines that just resonate with, with me in life are from groups you go, Really? I mean, <laughs> I mean, right. there's a song from a, the line from a song, Jeff from Starship. And the line, it hits me all the time. You go, No, it's too late now, but I wish I could go back in time and start all over somehow and get it right. And I just, I think about that all the time. And that's why I love what you do and I love where you come from. And, 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 and here's where I feel like, and it's no disrespect to you, but I feel like I resonate with you was like, I've always like, was was like, never like, ah, and I just, you know, that runner up, runner up, runner up. And you know, it said, I, I was an interview. it said you beat the odds, but I was like, did you consider yourself beating the odds? Or did you want to say, Hey man, I know I deserve to be here. So to you, it's beating the odds, but to me, it's like par for the course. And I'm ready to, you know, to go to another level.
1: Yeah, man, I think there's a, I don't know if you identify this way, but there's a, a little bit of like negotiation. You do it yourself too. Like, damn, do I belong here? Yes. And then you have to prove it to yourself man. Like. I remember my sophomore year in college, I made it to nationals for the first time and I had a really close match with a guy who ended up placing. And I was like, Oh shit, like I could do that. And then I did it. I did it. I was a junior. And then I did it. And I was like, Oh, I seen the guy who won. He won a uh, bow. one. Uh, my junior year. And I was like, I could I can do that. You know what I mean? And <laughs> it's, it's just one of those things, man. And if you're the thing about like just being ready um, for that moment is it's so important. Like, you just gotta be vigilant, man. You just gotta stay focused and be ready. And that's one thing our sports really prepares us to do is just take opportunity, um, seize opportunity once it's there because moments are fleeting, dude. A match is short. A season is long. To yeah. for a match to be as short as it is, yeah. Uh, for me to wrestle eighteen minutes, man, with Jaden, dude, like I'm like, dude, we could have kept wrestling. We we if we had five matches, we would have fought every one because we were ready to just give everything. Yeah. Um, so. For me, it's like, hey, you know, yeah, this is where you are. This is where you are. This is where you are. You know where you want to be. Um, for me, there's always that breakthrough. And I've always done the things. I, You know, I never was a national champ in college, but I become a, became a national champ um, on the senior level. Um, I was never, uh, you know, I, I, I never dreamed of being a world champ um, until I won Medved. And I was like, dude, I could be a world champ. Um, and now, you know, I beat a two-time world champ. You know what I mean? So, like it's right there. It's like, you don't really know when it'll happen. And I could be a legend in this sport and we could be talking two years from now. And it's like, dude, like you just won worlds twice and you won the Olympics. Like what's going on, man. How do you feel? Uh, how, where'd this come from? Um, so you get to create your own story in our sport, which is pretty cool. Um, or you can be runner up and it's still pretty cool. You know? So I give myself my flowers. Um, I gave <laughs> myself my flowers after my matches, uh, my son who, you know, he knows Jaden. Yeah. He's like, man, I didn't think you were going to win. You, you were pretty confident. You were pretty confident. And I was like, I was like, Damn, you really didn't think I was going to win, huh? <laughs> but no, I mean, you know, that stuff really, really um, lights a fire. And <laughs> our sport is so thankless, too. It's like all you have to do is chase that next goal. So I'm, I'm just chasing this next goal. Um, I got my blinders on a little bit because I know people talk when you do bad. People talk when you do well, and people are going to talk when I do great. So I'm, I'm ready for that next part. You know, people are like, hey, would you go to Worlds to, to be a training partner with something? It's like, I kind of did that already. Like, yeah. I, next time I go to Worlds, I want to win. So um, that's kind of where I am now, the tunnel, tunnel vision. Um, I say that, but I'm doing a lot of other stuff. I got interviews and things. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's a lot of hats I wear constantly, and I'm constantly moving through um, different things. But I think right now, like... Wrestling is really cool for me, and I want to see how far I can take it and then see where I am and where I stack up against the best.
0: Well, again, you know, you're 27, man. I mean, you're still young. I mean, I know I've never been to that level in wrestling uh, like like you, but, I mean, I'm, you know, at my age now, I'm looking at you like, oh, 27. If I could go back <laughs> in time. I mean, I really do, and this is the way I think. I really think, and this is the way I think. I think, you know what? If I really train for like a year right now, in my life right now, if I train for a year, Hey, yeah, I might be able to, you know, give you one good match. I mean, that's just the way I think. And 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 I know I say that as kind of a joke, but, you know, part of me kind of believes that. But being that you're 27, you can actually attain that. And so you're mental. How do you go to that next step? Mentally and jump And like you said Like you just said a while ago Like how do you go Yes I do belong here Yes I You know I can beat this guy And this guy barely beat me And now he's on You know he's in the final To be a world champion I can beat this guy I can do that So how did you make that step Mentally Because that's what it's really about Is the Is the 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 three inches between your ears
1: Um, I think it's It's a It's a combination of like Being focused Right Being focused And ready for that Moment to happen Like that jump Right Mm -hmm. And then also like not putting too much pressure on yourself. So people, and I was like this, um, they think growth is linear, right? They think that it's one block after one block, build, 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 build. And in a little, in a lot of ways, you know, over time it, it can look like that. Yeah. But man, dude, just within a year, it's like this, man, it's, it's going up. You have, you have moments where you're, you're starting to peak or whatever. And you could have moments where you're really hitting the low. Um so you never know when that opportunity to really jump up that next step. So within these steps, you know, it's doing this, but then boom, now you're here and then you're doing it. Boom, right. now you're here and you're doing it. So for me like I think that you know, I I just I don't put too much pressure on myself. Um I really make I make fun of myself, man. I I uh I don't take myself too seriously. Right. And then I just focus on, you know, being prepared for that next opportunity because that jump is going to come. It's there. Uh unless you know everything and you're impeccable and your timing is perfect. And like, but if you're not that, you know, Jordan Burroughs is still looking for the next jump. If you're not that you can be learning, you know, you can be learning something and then you can apply that. So um, I actually thought I made a pretty good jump in my second match. So my first match, I thought I wrestled pretty well against Jaden. I thought I should have won. I got the first takedown. Um, I stayed really aggressive. I think I could have shut it down. Um, so I made that adjustment in the second match and I shut it down a little bit earlier and just relied on my reattacks, my defense, and my fakes. Um, And, you know, you talk about, like, it's a game of inches. If I made that adjustment or I I stuck to the game plan in that first match and won, and then Jaden made that adjustment in the second match and won, then I could have made the next adjustment and won and then won the two out of three. Um, But, you know, that didn't happen. He won that first match. I made the adjustment and won the second match. And then he won that third one. You know, if we wrestled A fourth one, I think I would have won. We wrestled a sixth one; he may have won, and may you know that's just the game we're at, and I think that's where we are level wise. Mm -hmm. Uh, But you know, it's it's clear to me. It's like, yo, you got to make another jump because if you don't want to have this feeling again, you're gonna have to get a little bit better. Um, You can't you can't rely on you know who who made a good you know couple of seconds decisions. Um, And uh, yeah, dude, it's a game of inches, and even in whatever field you're in, um, whatever whatever choice you make. Um, you got to rely on your experience, but then also be receptive to um, just something new. Right. And, and actually risking, you know, it's, it's a lot of risk involved too. We, we protect what we love, you know, we don't want to mess up our high crotch because it's really good, you know, and coach is saying that the reason that you're not finishing this, you know, for me, it's a double leg. Hey, you're not finishing this double leg because you're hitting and then you're fading off to a side. And it's like, well, this double leg works great against everybody else. Like, what are you talking about? This is one of the best double legs in the world. You know, I, I, my first practice was two days ago, uh, back on the, in the mat. That was my first practice back in the wrestling room uh, since this match, and we worked on double legs because my double leg needs to get a lot better. And you're just complimenting me on my double leg. Like, I don't think, dude, it's it's such minutiae. And and we and for me, I hit a, I made a mental jump a jump in that in that practice. I was like. That makes a lot of sense. That click, you know, I need to make, I need to make sure I'm always doing this. I need to definitely incorporate this into my drill all the time. Yes, when I hit, I don't have to retract. Hit him again, hit him again. Keep going with your head. Keep moving it forward. Finishing a double leg. Like I'd be finishing a single leg. Dog on a bone. Like, dude. And for me, it's like, well, if I was able to do that in one practice, um, it's a lot more time for a lot of more practices. So um, I can get a lot better.
0: The fact that you said the word minutiae, Made me go, I gotta shut this interview down. I've never talked to anybody who's used the word minutia. I'm like, is that that, is that that Princeton coming out of you now that you're a coach? You're all big time now? Like, like, now that you're there, is that the difference between the Princeton and the dumb schools? Because you said minutia. I don't, I can't even spell minutia. And you just used that in a sentence the correct way, I'm assuming, because I never used the word minutia. I don't even know what minutia means, but I'm like, man, when you said that, honestly, I go, this, this match is over. I I mean, (laughs) when you said, when you said, that that would be the equivalent of you hitting me with a lap drop, and I go, you know what, Coach? It's over. It's done. Yeah, I'm gonna. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna stall out, and I'm gonna tell him, uh, I got an injury because uh, it's done. He used the word minutia, and oh, I don't know man. what that word means. <laughs> oh, is that the difference between is that the difference between Princeton and, and and the other schools?
1: Princeton, there's there's some differences, man. The types of kids that that come here are super exceptional, uh, but they're faced with a lot of challenges that are unique. I think they're the toughest kids in the country, man, because. You know, they were the top kids in the classes. They prided themselves on being the best students. And they're also excellent wrestlers, which is why they're a part of our program. But they get here and they're getting killed, man. These dudes, these people are, you know, this is what they live for, to crunch numbers and do all this other stuff. And, you know, you talk about pride and ego. And, you know, one thing we talk about is egoless training uh, with our partners and whatnot. We do it at NJRTC. We do it a part of our Princeton club. Um, You got to be egoless in that in that classroom, too, man, because if you don't have those blinders on and you're not just running your race and you're looking over here and seeing what they're doing and what they're doing, dude, that's going to bring you down. Um, The mind is so important and the body is following the mind. So if you're not performing like the guy next to you, um, you may forget to move your feet and continue to run your race in progress. Um, And especially from a class setting, you know, you're going into this room where this guy's a genius, literally. You know, a way of just completely different mind than you are. Uh, and these again, the, the better we do, we want kids who are uh, less and less smart uh, to be. No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Don't hear you didn't hear that, John Mac. Um, but uh, no, so I gotta, think
0: they gotta get the right minutiae, right? They gotta get the right minutia. Right?
1: The right gotta, minutia. Hey, hit those marks. That's it, man. Hit those marks. But you know, to be able to keep a good spirit and then go into wrestling practice and then refocus, right, and then go back into that setting and, you know, navigate that setting to, to, to make sure that your grades are where they need to be because, honestly, man, like, these kids, they graduate and then they, they're running the world. They're running the world. They, You know, people are, like, always looking for a job and trying to get hired and, oh, I'm going to land this great job. These guys who graduate Princeton are the job creators, so um, it's cool working with them. There's a lot of things that we don't have to deal with as a, as a staff, especially um, just motivation. Like the kids all want to be something. Uh, we want them to love wrestling. Um, and it's hard, you know, sometimes school is too much and it's, you know, but all these kids have really high aspirations for their own lives. That's why they chose Princeton. They knew it was going to be rigorous. They knew it was going to be um, really, really tough and, you know, a, a really long journey, but also very rewarding on the back end. And they're chasing that down. Um, I know at IU, Completely different type of kid, man. I was just happy to be there, you know, um, and some issues arise with that. Um, but at the same time, like looking at these kids, like they need guidance, they need mentors and they have fun. They're they're regular kids, too. Um, and it's been it's been super rewarding, man, just being here. Um, I spent my first couple of years actually living in Princeton, which was nice. And now I live a town over. It's called Mon- Montgomery. and I got a little bit more space and it's nice.
0: I mean, you can't beat that for a coach. You use big words like minutiae. You can hit him with a fade if they need one. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure, uh, you know, the, uh, Mr. Mundy has come over to you and you probably hit him up, you know, before he went oh, to the finals man. and hit him up with the fade like, Coach, you got to look good on that national stage. Yeah, I got you, man. And you go out yeah. there. I mean, what What don't you do, Nate? What don't you do?
1: That's pretty funny. Yeah, dude, my Qu- Quincy's funny. Quincy's, Quincy's my guy. Uh, so I, I cut a couple guys on the team's hair. I've been cutting them since I've been there. Um, and again, like I had to make some money, dude. You know what I mean? And that's 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 who I am. though, I think like the
0: yeah, go ahead. You tell Quincy I'm mad at him because okay, oh. I interviewed his dad twice. His dad is so cool to me. I mean, I grew up in Oklahoma with his dad. I grew up maybe 35 minutes from his dad. His dad was my idol growing up. I mean, when you grew up in Oklahoma, and like you said, man, you know, there's only a couple African Americans that are really good. And you go, oh, Kenny. I mean, everybody. I mean, honestly, every black every black person in Oklahoma is like Kenny Mundy. And so when I got to see him in person when I was a kid, I was like. Oh, my God, there's Kenny. Mundy. And so to talk to him was a, a, a dream, you know, and he's he's really cool now. I sit him a friend. Hit him up twice. You know, we did two great interviews. So I said, well, let me let me try to talk to his son. I think I hit his son on a direct message. Nothing. Not even. No, Radio I mean, silence. nothing. I mean, I nothing. I'm, I'm like, really, you. bro? Really? I'm going to hit him
1: up. I'm going to hit him up. Yeah, you know, he just quit.
0: said I'm mad. Cause I was, I, but, but, you know, I rooted for him in the finals, obviously. I go, you know what? Even though he didn't hit me back, I'm still gonna root for the kid. Cause he's a kid. Maybe he's like, I don't talk to this old dude. Whatever. I don't know how he looks at me. Like, oh, old dude. I ain't gonna talk to this old dude. I, I you know, I, I got things I gotta do. But <laughs> I'm, but I'm mad at him. But yeah, but I'm still rooting for him, whatever. And I'm still, I'm rooting for you. God damn. Honestly, Quincy, I mean, honestly, Nate, from the bottom of my heart, dude. You came in, and like I guess I apologize for not, you know, knowing who you were, and you came in, like, who is this dude? And when I found out, I wanted to know more, and I just kept going, this is my kind of guy, because you gave Jaden his flowers on, I was watching it on, on the Princeton Instagram, you, you know, you gave it, you accolade, you accolades, like, he should be a world champion, he kind of got screwed in the semis, blah, 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 but you went out there, and you did what people like myself, who, you know, like, who just feel like, yeah, am I good enough? And you went out there, and you proved it to yourself. And more people, you know, that are probably in my position or whatever, look up you now, look it up to you, knowing what you went through and was still able to focus, knowing your backstory, not even that you would be able to wrestle at all. And then you went 40 no and you spoke into existence. Man, you are nothing but a role model for anybody. I don't care who you are, any wrestler, that's a boy or a girl, you're a great role model for wrestlers. You're a great role model, period, in life. And I think you're going to have a great career as a, as, as a motivational speaker. I mean, you really are. Because what, what you said, I have a friend who's in military. He's in, he's in the Special Forces. And he said they look for wrestlers because of what you just t- talked about, that mental resolve. And, man, I think you'll have the nation on your back. So in five years, man, where does Nate Jackson want to be in five years?
1: Um, that's interesting, man. Like, are you fighting? Are you fighting in not- the
0: UFC? Are you are you knocking people out and showing them your gold medal? You know, are are you doing a commercial for Tide? You know, like, hey, it keeps the you know <laughs> keeps the colors I think, clean.
1: I think in five years, um, honestly, I think after I win a world title, that's what I'm talking about. I might be done, man. Like, I I think. Um, everything after that would just be gravy, and you know, uh, house money. But for me, I, I can see myself being in business. You know,
0: what kind and, of business? What kind of business? Um, I,
1: I, I'm not. I'm not 100 sure. I think I want to stay within wrestling. Yeah. Um, and I can see myself being being a leader within wrestling, just because it's giving me everything. Um, yeah. it's no, it's no wonder why the people who, who come through our sport, um, stay connected to it, um, especially financially. Um, I want to be, I want to be that, you know, I want to be somebody who, you know, Hey, that's Nate Jackson. Oh, wow. Nate's here. Okay. This is cool. Um, and I want to be somebody special and important from people who come from places that I've come from. And, um, I think that if I can do that, um, while I'm supporting my, my kids and, and being able to see them grow and continue to grow, you know, my oldest is nine years old, man. My son, and then I got three daughters, eight, five, and four. Wow! Um, and just continue to see them realize what they want to do. I think, if, you know, in five years, man, they, they're they going to, my son's going to be in high school, you know, so I'm going to be making sure that he's ready to go and ready to get into whatever he wants to do. If it's, if it's going to college, you know, I think I would, I would push him to go to college and uh, pursue that degree. But, you know, he actually wants to be in design. He's he's a, he's an architect. Dude. He, he's, if you ask him, he's an architect. Uh, that's all he thinks about all day. He builds things all day. He's trying to build a roller coaster in my backyard. So like, (laughs) um, if I can be what other people see in me to my kids, because I know people, people look at me and they light up and I, I love it, man. It's cool. Um, that means that I'm, I'm inspiring something within them. If I can inspire something positive with my kids, um, and my family and, and just, I, I don't really care where I'll be, honestly. Uh, because I know I'll be happy and I'll be, I'll be good to go. Um, But, you know, I think there's some unfinished business with wrestling. I want to knock that out. Um, And I do want to be at the top of this, this wrestling thing, this wrestling paradigm. And I I, I'm friends with all the guys who are at the top of it now. Um, So, you know, I want to make sure that I'm using my friendship with those guys uh, to, to make sure that our sport changes in the, in positive ways, so we can create more pathways for success for everybody uh, within our sport.
0: There you go again with the big words like paradigm. Damn you, Nate. Damn it. I can't talk to people like that. Pa- First minutia, then paradigm. <laughs> Stop it. Well, you know what? You got my, Honestly, I got my encyclopedia right here. Right here. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, man. But to be honest, you inspired me and I knew that it was going to be like this. because I could just tell by just the way you've talked and doing my little research on you, man. I mean, you are nothing but an inspiration. Hold on. Before we get out of here, though. Any more kids?
1: Uh, so I actually have a vasectomy. So I don't know if that's how you wanted to end the interview or not. The uh, only way I'm getting more kids is if I go reverse it, and uh, I think I'm good. I think I'm good. I think I did it, man. Four kids. Uh, you know, Rachel, Rachel gave me those kids. I think I think I did it. I don't I think four is enough, man.
0: That was funny. That, that was what I was going to say at the end. I was like, maybe you should get a bisectomy. Maybe that'd be your next wrestling match, but hey, you beat me to it. So, <laughs> hey, man, yeah. I think it's great. Seriously, man. Nate Jackson, if you guys weren't inspired from this guy, like I told I, like I told you before the show, man, I got on my bicycle and I and it was hurting and I said, you know what? I say Nate Jackson. And all I say was Nate Jackson, because whenever I interview a wrestler, I just feel like I have to be as tough as you guys mentally. And you inspired me, my brother, and I mean it from the bottom of my heart. You have the minutiae. you have the paradigm. I don't know if I'm using that right, because I didn't go to Princeton, I went to public school. But anyway, regardless of the fact, I will be rooting for you in everything you do, because you are that inspiration to people, you are that, and I just want to say thank you so much for being who you are. Much continued success, my brother, I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Give your family my love, give Prince my love, tell Quincy I'm mad at him. Thank you guys for watching Tales from a Gemini, MBT, and like we said about this time, you know the word, Bye.